You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DNB Supply Radio Show. Hey, this is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thank you so much for being here again this week. Well, it is that time of year. Again, I hope you all are having or have had a wonderful Thanksgiving, wonderful Thanksgiving break if you got a couple days off, but I hope it was a great one for you. And we're just jumping right into December, and here we are. Uh, We get to interview the contestants from Oregon and Idaho for the Miss Rodeo America pageant every year. And oh my goodness, that is kicking off right away. So today I get to speak with both Miss Rodeo Oregon, Taylor and Scramstad, as well as Miss Rodeo Idaho, Sarah Weeks. We get to talk about their journey and kind of how they got there and what they are expecting in the pageant that starts here just in one day. So I hope you all enjoy getting to know these two really impressive young ladies and wish them luck as they head down to Nevada to Las Vegas at the NFR and for the Miss Rodeo America pageant. All right, everyone, we are starting off with Miss Rodeo Oregon. Here is my interview with Taylor and Scramstad. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. Hey, congratulations on being Miss Rodeo Oregon and best of luck in the upcoming pageant. Thank you. It's been a great year and I don't know a better way to conclude the experience other than competing for Miss Rodeo America and being around all the other friends that I've made from all the different states this year. Well, I think it sounds very exciting, but I know it's got to be nerve wracking and I know there's got to be a lot of work and preparation that goes into the beginning of it. Oh, definitely. A lot of girls have been preparing. I know I have for pretty much the whole year, more so now than earlier but yeah there's a lot of different elements that go into it and a lot of preparation that it takes now what part of oregon are you from i am from northeastern oregon so i'm from yuma pine specifically which is about two miles off the washington border and it's really close to walla walla washington okay and so what what got you involved in competing in queening events and, and things like that? So actually, I started out as a rodeo contestant before I became a rodeo queen. My okay. um, I'm a third generation team roper and actually third generation healer, to be even more specific. Okay. And I grew up junior rodeoing and all that. Um, and then when I was 14, my mom asked me if I wanted to try out for the Pioneer Posse Court, which is a local riding organization. And I mean, when you, when you're around, you see the girls. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I didn't realize like what all went into it. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit over my head, little 14 year old me, but that kind of started that spark. And then I competed for two other titles after that. And then took about five years off to get some college under my belt and then tried out for Pendleton Roundup Princess and then won that. And so kind of getting back into it later, I had a lot of people encouraging me to run for the state title. Mm-hmm. And so then I decided to run for Miss Rodeo Oregon and then I won. <laughs> and there you are. Here you are now. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. What, where did you go to college? I'm actually currently going to college still. I'm at Eastern Oregon University. Okay. And if uh, should I not win Miss Rodeo America, then I will graduate this June. And if I do, then I'll graduate next June. Okay. Great. And what are you studying? I am an agriculture science major and a political science minor. And so I'm actually using that as my undergrad for law school. 
Very interesting. So, okay, so ag science major, political science minor, and then you're going to go to law school. Have you have you decided where you want to go to law school yet? I yeah, I'm planning on hopefully attending Concordia Law School in Boise, Idaho. Oh, okay. Well, that's just right down the road from my farm. So, yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so what do you want to do in law? Do you want to? You've got the ag major going. Do you want to get into ag law or something something different than that? Probably start out ag law. I'm not 100 percent certain if I want to actually be in the courtroom yet or not, but uh-huh. I do definitely want to be a lobbyist, an agriculture lobbyist, and then eventually run for public office. And long term, I would like to be a Supreme Court judge, but that's a pretty high shot. Well, it's a great goal to have. It just takes <laughs> takes a while to get there, right? Definitely. <laughs> okay, very good. So, have you grown up, and I'm assuming based on where you're from, you've grown up with an agricultural background, but explain to us that part of it. Yeah, so my family primarily raises performance quarter horses, which specialize more like rodeo, rodeo type horses. And so I, I'd always been on a small ranch and we had, we ran some cattle when I was younger and then my parents both have day jobs as well. And so we kind of got out of the cattle and then now that my dad's about to retire, he's wanting to get back into cattle. Okay. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of field crop, but we have a small field that we have turnips in right now. Nothing too crazy. It's more just uh, pasture cover. Yeah. Raising turnips is a cover crop. Yep. Exactly. I've done the same. It does great. It aerates the soil, right? Exactly. Oh, well, that is neat. I'm happy for you. I'm excited for what's coming. Either direction it goes, you've got something very exciting on the horizon. Exactly. Either way, I will be good to go. All right. Well, so let's talk about this conversion of rodeo competitor to rodeo queen. What has been the the toughest Mm -hmm. thing for you to learn? I mean, you had the horse stuff down and the agricultural knowledge, it sounds like, but uh, what, what's been the toughest part of this conversion for you? Yeah. So that's actually a really interesting question because in Eastern Oregon, we do rodeo Queens a little bit different than Western Oregon does. Um, not a whole ton, but enough, I think. And so I'd actually never competed in a pageant until I ran for Miss Rodeo Oregon. Whereas a lot of the bigger rodeos with the exception of the Pendleton roundup host something more like a pageant uh-huh. for their queen contest. And so I'd only done like a day long tryout where basically you show up, it's close to the public, um, very short. So that was probably the hardest for me just in general um, was going into like the pageant aspect of things. Uh, I was definitely the underdog in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise it's, it's not, I think the hardest part for me is to be at all the rodeos, but not actually be able to compete. Okay. That's always kind of tough for me because I'll sit there and compare myself and I'm like, man, I, I'd be sitting like third right now if I was <laughs> actually entered. That's probably the hardest part. So when it came to going into the, I guess, doing the pageants, you had to, I mean, the dresses that, that you guys wear are incredible. And then you've got to, you've got to model and walk and do all that stuff with with these choreographed mm-hmm. ways. If that's something yeah. you've never done before, I imagine that learning curve has got to be steep. Yeah, definitely. And I uh, really invested the time that I needed. And I went to several queen clinics prior to running for Miss Rodeo Oregon. I had about a year and a half in between my end of the end of my reign for, well, no, it was probably closer to a year. Mm-hmm. End of my reign from on Pendleton Roundup to when I actually ran for the Shorty Oregon. And so I had a lot of time to prepare. And then I've always just kind of told myself, 
I've definitely done plenty of public speaking in my life. And so I was like, well, I've rode a horse before, check. I've talked in front of a crowd before, check. I've been in a job interview. So, you know, I've interviewed before, check. I've, I've walked before. So, I mean, you know, that, that's kind of helpful. Uh, so it's just more refining the skills and figuring out how to do them correctly more so than like having to completely learn something. All right, Taylor, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to, I want to know about what questions you're anticipating. At D&B Supply, cold comfort just got a whole new meaning because winter ready Wrangler apparel keeps you comfy and warm. Even when the weather outside is, well, not so delightful from thermal jackets to fleece line pants to flannel shirts, brave the elements in style with Wrangler. You'll look as good on the outside as you feel on the inside even when you're out in the wind rain and snow so before you get caught out in the cold get wrangler apparel available at your favorite dnb things are really heating up around here at dnb you'll see why when you check out our wide selection of high performance stoves from Harmon. Quadrifier, and Heatilator EcoChoice. These classic pellet and wood-burning stoves light up your hearth and home. They give you even heat and easy maintenance with craftsmanship that stands the test of time and really stands out. So swing on by DMB Supply and see how Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatilator EcoChoice stoves can warm up your home. All right, Taylor. Well, now that we're back, is there a question or is there a topic that's kind of looming out there for you in the Miss Rodeo America pageant that makes you nervous or you're studying extra hard for or anything like that? I would say what I'm the most worried, I wouldn't even say I'm worried, but just trying to be the most conscious about is the there's been a lot of changes in the Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association this year. And so just trying to be able to be knowledgeable and recognize all of those because, mm-hmm. there, I mean, there's been several and there have been fairly decently sized changes. Everything else, I've got a you know, fairly decent grasp on current events. I mean, I study that every day in school, so I'm pretty brushed up on that. And agriculture knowledge is also right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, rodeo, actual rodeo event knowledge, I'm great at too. Um, a lot of my problem too is going from a competitor to a queen is. I'm really bad about knowing slang terms and not necessarily the proper terms. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of been a yeah. So that's kind of been a learning curve as well. To, to it can be kind of, not a bad habit, but it's hard to remember sometimes. Well, give me an example. What's a slang term that you you've got to polish up on? Yeah. Well, they've changed two of the events' uh, names somewhat recently. Uh, so calf roping and steer wrestling, but they used to be called bulldogging and. Tie down roping. Well, tie down roping and then, yeah. So try and see, I actually got that wrong. It was, it's changed to tie down roping and steer wrestling and they used to be calf roping and bulldogging. So I have a bad habit of like calling guys, you know, bulldoggers instead of steer wrestlers, little things like that. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, as you, as you look forward and you look at all the different aspects of the competition it, which one will be, I guess, your biggest challenge? Like, will it be the modeling and things like that? Or is it going to be out in the arena? Which which do you think will be the biggest challenge to you? I'm definitely feeling the most confident about horsemanship just because I've grown up riding and I've trained mm-hmm. several horses and all that. So I'm definitely feeling the most solid about that. What I'm the most, I don't even know if it's most nervous, but I'd have to say just the interviews, primarily the horsemanship interview, because uh-huh. a lot of times you don't, you have a very diverse panel of judges and you don't know exactly what they're going to be pulling questions from. And you really can't know everything. 
And so it's just kind of hard to anticipate what they could ask you. And then especially with like the impromptu questions, because those are up on stage. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of one of those things where you can't really him haw around and try and jog your memory. So whereas you can a little bit more so in an interview, but not not much either. So that's probably just the more on the spot questions and just trying to cover all your bases and make sure that I know as much as I can know. So you're talking there like about the extemporaneous speaking where you get a topic on the spot and you have to basically ad lib a speech. Is that what you're talking about? No, um, there are certain events where we go up and draw a question. Okay. So it's kind of, I mean, yeah, you just kind of draw a question out of a bowl, for example, and then they ask you it right then and there. Typically, there's a lot of, uh, there's one event where they do current event questions, and then there's another event where they do like a PRCA-based question. Mm -hmm. And so, and like I said, with there being so many changes in the organization this year, you don't really know what they're going to ask you. So just trying to be the most prepared for that. Extemporaneous speaking, I'm not too worried about. I actually feel like I speak better when it's impromptu anyway. Okay. So kind of looking forward to that, seeing what they try to have us uh, say some speeches on. Well, so how do the logistics of all this work when you get down to Las Vegas? Like, where do you stay, your meals, how are they taken care of, all of that type of stuff? Yeah, so the Miss Rodeo America organization has a ton of different sponsors. And so a lot of our meals throughout the pageant are sponsored. And then it's at the Tropicana Hotel and Resort in Las Vegas, Nevada. And so most of our events are there with the exception of the horsemanship portion, which is at the South Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically once we get down there, my parents will, um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll arrive in the evening before because we have to report to the pageant floor at eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. So they'll, we'll get there and they'll drop me off and then... Uh, I won't have access to a cell phone or any electronic devices throughout the eight days. And uh, you just pretty much get, we have uh, pageant chaperones through the organization that take care of us and get us where we need to go and make sure that we're waking up without a electronic alarm clock <laughs> and stuff like that. But I don't know. I mean, I went last year and watched. And so I don't really feel like there's anything too terribly unexpected that I won't be able to tackle. Where will you keep your horse while you're there? We actually don't take our own horses. We are provided horses, and there's a horsemanship committee of the pageant board that selects those horses for us. Now, do you know most of the other contestants that are going to be down there with you, or will you be meeting a lot of these ladies for the first time? I've actually only not met two of them. We have a fairly small group this year. There's only 27 of us. Uh-huh. And I have, I met Miss Rodeo Arkansas very, very briefly in Las Vegas before she actually won her title of Miss Rodeo Arkansas. And then I haven't met Miss Rodeo Texas yet. Other than that, I've met everybody at least once. Well, what's it going to mean to you to, to be down there and be representing your home state of Oregon? It's just a really surreal experience. I remember like wanting to do it so badly when I was a little girl and then college, you know, happened and I kind of got out of it and then to get back into it and realize that that dream is actually happening is really a cool experience. And I've made so many good friends here in Oregon this year and they all believe in me. And so it's just really exciting to go down there and know that I have such a big support system behind me and whatever happens happens but I feel very good about my years in Shorty Oregon and what I've done for the state and so if I were to win that would just be that much better but I'm happy with whatever happens. Well, that's great. Well, so if you are crowned Miss Rodeo America, do you have some goals or something that you want to accomplish during that year? Being Miss Rodeo America is a very large accomplishment in its own. 
I think some personal goals for me, it gives you a really great platform to make a lot of connections. And so that would be a really great way for me to connect with people about future careers, especially wanting to be an agriculture lobbyist. It's a really great platform to do that. Mm-hmm. And we get to participate in so many different events, like uh, events to support veterans or special needs children, things like that, that just really help you give back. And so I would just try to basically get as much of the year out of the year as I possibly could and try to use it to help me as much in the future as and give back as much as I can in the present. And as people look back on your time as a rodeo queen, whether that be Miss Rodeo Oregon or Miss Rodeo Oregon and Miss Rodeo America, what do you want that legacy to look like for you? I always joke around and say, if you can be anything, always be funny. Okay. And so I would really like to be remembered as the person that always takes things seriously, but is never afraid to have fun. Sometimes I think you can get so caught up in the job that you forget to have fun. And I've had, especially experienced as a rodeo Oregon, being around some um, younger rodeo queens can be kind of stiff or nervous around you. And I sure. joke around, I say, I'm not like your mom. I'm like your cool older sister. <laughs> and they kind of just relax. And so I think I'd kind of want to have that as be my legacy, just as somebody that was always really fun to be around and had a great time and made everybody else have a good time too. Well, that would not be a bad legacy at all. Well, Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned wanting to be an ag lobbyist a couple times, and I'm all for advocating mm-hmm. for agriculture. How did you choose wanting to be an ag lobbyist? That's you know, as I think of that, I think of you kind of graduate into that at some point, but you're up front mm-hmm. going, "This is what I want to do." So how did you how did you decide on that? Yeah, that's actually a really great story. So when I started college, I kind of had no clear path on what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a cosmetologist, and so I went and got a two-year business degree and then went to cosmetology school, and uh, I'm actually a licensed cosmetologist, and I did hair in the salon for about six months and then had a, an accident, broke my foot, mm-hmm. and so while I was out of work, I was still taking classes and took an agriculture policy class and was just so... It was just one of those like really surreal type classes that I was really sad that when it was over. Okay. And then that kind of just spiraled that inspiration to want to do something like that. And then most recently when I decided to go the law school route, I did want to be an egg lawyer. And then I actually applied for a scholarship through Protect the Harvest and won that scholarship mm-hmm. and met the representative from their I guess you could say it's a lobbying organization Sure. and kind of talked to him about just different options. And then that kind of spiraled that fire. So I'm just kind of continuing to build and I have a structure of what I want to do, but I also kind of want to teach in a college and teach agriculture and policy classes. And so there's a lot of different routes that I can take yeah. with where the direction that I'm wanting to go. Well, I am excited for you. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of this journey with us today. And really, best of luck to you, Taylor. Thank you. I appreciate that. We will be right back with Miss Rodeo Idaho 
Miss Sarah Weeks. No matter where work takes you, D&B Supply makes it easy to get the job done with DeWalt FlexVolt Tools. With advanced battery technology, DeWalt FlexVolt Tools gives you the power of freedom to work without cords. For construction, remote job sites, and outdoor projects, the heavy-duty FlexVolt line offers everything from hammer drills to table saws to air compressors and more. So get out there and get to work with DeWalt FlexVolt Power Tools. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At D&B Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking, Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at D&B. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me on today. Hey, you bet. I am, uh, I'm excited to speak with you, and I'm always excited this time of year. It's been a great pleasure of mine to be able to be involved and interview our Miss Rodeo Idaho's uh, who are getting ready to head off to the Miss Rodeo America pageant. We are in our final crunch days. I'm just a few days away from heading down there. I'll be leaving on Thanksgiving Day, so the drive will be a little calm, hopefully, and then we'll be getting ready and preparing for those last final things while we're down in Vegas. Well, it is very exciting, and I, I would love to start off today just by introducing you to our audience a little bit deeper. I mean, I obviously, you are Miss Rodeo Idaho, and, and that is a very exciting thing, and it was fun to be there when we found that out. That was a lot of fun, but I, I want to you know give everybody some details on your background. So if you could, tell us where you come from and, and a little bit of your history, Sarah. Definitely. So I am born and raised here in Meridian, Idaho. My father came from Eastern Idaho, so we are very much based here in Idaho, and that is one reason why I really wanted to represent not just the rodeo industry, but I wanted to represent my home state of Idaho. So winning that crown was a huge deal to me. But before that, I actually used to show quarter horses, and I was pretty intense in that. It was a every day, Monday through Friday, go up and ride, practice, having trainers, the whole nine yards, the glitzy outfits. And I had actually traveled down to Las Vegas, Nevada for the regional championships for AQHA down there. The last time I had actually been down there was kind of the kickoff for why I wanted to compete for Miss Rodeo Idaho. I was down there competing and I believe competition should always be stressful, but a good stressful. Sure. So as soon as that stressfulness is too much and it's not fun, that's when you should find something new, kind of maybe change your passions, but stick within what's going on. So that's what I had a realization down there in Las Vegas after my show. And I realized I, at the ripe old age of 23, <laughs> decided that I wanted to run for Miss Rodeo Idaho. And uh, with that being said, the capping age used to be 25. <laughs> so it was a it was full speed ahead at that point. Mm -hmm. I think I shocked my mom with that information. I had just received my bachelor's degree from Boise State. 
So it was full steam ahead. And after that, I was able to really sit down and focus on what I wanted. And the first time I competed, I did not win, which was an amazing opportunity to realize what I wanted. Was this something that was just a fun thing that, yep, I said, I can say I tried for Mr. Idaho, Mm -hmm. or did I actually want it? And that December, seeing the NFR happen down in Las Vegas, I that fire grew 10 times greater within myself. And I got new coaches and I went 200 miles an hour to obtain that title that next July. So they had actually bumped up the age limit, thankfully. So I think that was God's way of saying that I needed to run again and that it was going to be my year. Wow, that is a part of your story I had no idea of. And that is amazing mm-hmm. to me. I've been lucky enough to be involved with Miss Rodeo Idaho for a few years and done several interviews. This is the first time I've ever heard of anybody making this decision that late in life, that late in eligibility, I guess. And that was one thing I really wanted to share with people throughout my journey, too, is it doesn't matter the age you are unless there is an age cap. You're never too old to start something new. Yeah, and and you're proving that to everybody. Wow, that's an incredible part of your story and and one I'm so happy to hear. And, you know, what you said is so true. It's good, I think, to always keep yourself a little bit on edge, a little bit nervous in the things that you're doing. Otherwise, you're kind of not growing, kind of not exploring. Yes, I wake up almost daily and I am beyond nervous. I still get nervous when I make appearances. And I am almost done with my reign as Miss Rodeo Idaho. Uh-huh. Um, we'll see what that pageant brings for more appearances after December. But I still get nervous. And I still get the chills when I carry the American flag. I still almost tear up because I still have that passion within. And I think that has really shown true to my heart right now as I'm preparing for the Miss Rodeo America pageant. Am I willing to take on another year yeah. as Miss Rodeo America? And I figure if I still get the chills and I still get nervous, I am more than prepared and I'm more than excited to try and hopefully bring home that Black Hills gold crown to the Gen State. Well, that would be incredible. And man, best of luck to you doing that. I So I, I want to dig deeper into your story how did you come up with the idea to become Miss Rodeo Idaho at age 23? Is it something that had been in the back of your mind or was this completely out of the blue? It was, it was in the very, very far back of my mind. So slightly out of the blue, but I was in 4-H and FSA growing up Mm -hmm. and those two opportunities kind of introduced not just the show style, but also kind of the ranching style and, which can lead into the rodeo style. So I had always known some rodeo queens. Back in 2007, I held a local riding club title. So it was kind of an introduction, but I knew at that point that's not where my path was. So I really focused on showing after that. So about 2008 to really 2018 was when I really focused on showing. And then, I was, I think I was probably scrolling through Facebook, you know, looking at everyone and seeing what everyone was doing and probably had attended some different rodeos and had known some of the girls that were Miss Rodeo Idaho. And it actually started with me just wanting a local title. 
Mm-hmm. I was wanting a larger local title, but I wasn't wanting, I, I never thought I could compete for Miss Rodeo Idaho and actually win. So, but I had a coach and she said, well, if you can do these, why don't you go for Miss Rodeo Idaho? And I kind of, Joe, I, I think I laughed at her. Like <laughs> she was insane for saying something like that. Um, but she really started me like pushing me and getting me ready and, she was able to get me to the point to run through Miss Radio Idaho the first time, which, um, like I said, was the greatest blessing because it was able to put me in that situation of a pageant that I really had never been in before. Um, I never really competed for a rodeo queen title. The ones I did was it was daily pageants um, and it was just a quick speech, maybe a horsemanship and then mm-hmm. coronation. So there was no pink on the dirt, Stanford for the cure, snake or stampede, speeches, interviews, tests. There was none of that involved. So that first year really showed me how I could do it. Um, And then that fire just grew within me. And I knew I had to have that title as Mr. Rodeo Idaho. Wow. So was there, when you made this decision, obviously you'd been involved in 4-H and FFA and then showing quarter horses. But was there anything about what you would need to do as a contestant, uh, a competitor for Miss Rodeo Idaho, that was a brand new skill that you had to learn very rapidly? Modeling. I will say modeling. <laughs> and the, the, the way that queens will pose in a photo, there's a science to it. And I still work on that daily. That is honestly one of my biggest things that I stress about with this pageant is getting on that. The America stage, it's it's the biggest stage you can get on as a rodeo queen and to not have 20 years of experience with modeling and right. posing and, and also to be in front of a camera. But I, as Miss Rodeo Idaho, we have a phenomenal sponsor. It's art of aperture. They do mm-hmm. all of our photography. And every time I get out there, they make me feel so comfortable. And I've actually had conversations with them. I'm willing to ask the questions to put myself in an uncomfortable position say, Hey, from this perspective, the camera's perspective, what do you see? What side looks better? What angle looks better? Mm -hmm. Um, And they nicely notified me, and this is because I asked, they nicely notified me that no one's eyes are the same size, so one side's going to be smaller, and to put the smaller side to the camera. So just little things like that that I've learned throughout my year as Mr. Rodeo Idaho and competing, that those were things that I never thought I could learn. I didn't know they were learnable. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right, Sarah. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about your time in the FFA. Carhartt is legendary for getting you geared up for anything. So getting geared up for the winter is easy at DMB Supply with Carhartt Full Swing. Tough and water repellent, Full Swing clothing lets you move like you mean it with Carhartt's Rugged Flex technology. It's made for maximum range of motion and maximum protection from the elements. Get ready for anything the day throws your way and get into the full swing of things at your favorite D&B Supply. What's on the grill? That's the ultimate year-round question, and you can make the answer extra special with a wood-fired Traeger grill at D&B Supply. Pure hardwood is the fuel for Traeger's signature flavor. It lets you grill, smoke, baste, Roast, braise, or barbecue, hot and fast or low and slow, with perfect results every time. Versatile, consistent, and convenient. With a Traeger, you just set it and forget it. Master the taste of perfection. And pick up your Traeger grill at your favorite D&B supply. 
All right, Sarah. Well, now that we're back, you started this journey with 4-H and FFA. And to me, that that is something that stands out. And I wanted to ask you about that. What brought you into those two youth organizations? I actually, there's always, my life journeys have always started somewhere and ended in a completely different direction. I grew up skiing and snowboarding, and that would lead to then going to the lake. So definitely, this is no different on that story. So actually, 4-H started because of Girl Scouts. Our Girl Scout troop wanted to take a ranch day and go and do a like an adventure to get an, like an adventure badge or something to do along those lines. Mm-hmm. And we went out to Lonesome Dove, which used to be off of State Street. No, definitely not there anymore. Uh-huh. But Lonesome Dove Ranch. And I, I fell in love. So our group of Girl Scouts turned into our 4-H group. Oh, wow. And... Yes. So we just went, like I've said, 150 miles an hour, switching over from Girl Scouts now to 4-H. So we had to learn almost from scratch. Uh, My dad grew up on a farm in eastern Idaho, and he swore to never own horses or cattle or anything ever again. Oh, okay. So the day I wanted a horse, he actually said, why don't we wait and see? (laughs) So I had to work. I leased a horse for two years. And then I was able, since I proved that I was not going to get out of horses within a year, I was able to go out and purchase my very first horse, which was the most bomb proof horse. And then from there, I liked showing and we had hired a trainer and she tried to get that 4-H horse to get to a show level and it, it wasn't going to work at that point. So she said, okay, well, is this something you want to continue with? And if you do, then we need to look at some other horses and we got another horse and we kept moving from there. That's really cool. So you, So I understand where your father was coming from on wanting to know that you were really serious, right, about about having a horse. And so you had to go to work to pay for lease on a horse and kind of prove it that way. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. Every single Tuesday we had riding lessons. Okay. And let me tell you that at the age of probably 10 to about 13, that is not what your friends in elementary and middle school are doing. Yeah. So Tuesdays, that was not the funnest time, but I'm so thankful for the foundation that not only the horses have given me, but my parents. They didn't let me quit. Even when I wanted to, they said, nope, if this is a goal, this is something you started, mm-hmm. you have to at least finish your year, then you can move on to something different. Okay. Um, so yes, that was something that was instilled in my brain at a very young age is once you start something, you need to finish it. So yes, he, as much as he wasn't happy with getting a horse, he has now been one of my biggest supporters, um, especially going into this pageant. He will not let me say the words, if I win America, he says, (laughs) when you win America. That's great. All right. So from there, from age 10 to 13, the riding lessons, the 4-H, and then you go into high school. And of course, there's FFA. Did you go to Meridian High? And were you part of that FFA chapter? Yes. Meridian, home of the Warriors. Big shout out to Steve Wilder on that one, who he kept me grounded in high school. 
Yes, I started in uh, FSA a little bit later. I didn't really know about FSA. It wasn't a large part. Um, the horse part of FSA isn't a very um, well-known part. Okay. So with me just being in horses, I didn't really know about it until later on. So the more I went through high school, the more I got involved. I actually became an officer a few years after I started, and I was a historian and a scrapbook recorder. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I competed on the horse judging team, which I believe we placed top 10 at state. And then I did did some different ones, which I figure, like I've said, step out of that comfort zone. Sure. See what's going to challenge you and improve you. So I actually did food science. A little weird fact about me is I'm the most picky eater. Okay. I will eat freezer pizza every single meal or like <laughs> top ramen, macaroni and cheese. I am the pickiest eater. And I did food science and I actually placed top five at the state level my first year ever trying for that. So that was kind of a funky little thing that I did. And then I did um, lambs. I actually got into raising and selling lambs. So okay. that was a different world all in its own. Sure. And trying to raise a whole different breed. And now it's not about maintaining the animal and their mentality and their athleticism. Now it's about growing this animal for weight to make more money. So it was, it was challenging to see the different aspects, but it was also amazing to see the transformation on how or the relatability of horses to lambs in they do require daily um, health checks Mm -hmm. the vitamins the minerals the weighing of the feed when you're at that competition level so it was it really did the horses had given me a great foundation on helping me create and sell these lambs were you showing the lambs at the canyon county fair then i was ada county but yes So at the Ada County Fair was where I sold those. And the first lamb, note to self, never name a lamb a cute name. (laughs) My first lamb's name was Molly. And you can only imagine what that high school sophomore did when I sold my lamb. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't imagine. I've got a... 13 year old daughter who shows lambs and uh and i know exactly what happens so yes very much well very sad day absolutely well let me ask you a little bit about getting ready for miss rodeo america i mean that's right here on the horizon it's very exciting so what have you been doing to prepare i have been doing interviews i have been riding many different horses My notebook for my studying has been greater than any other class I took in college. All I do is pretty much study right now. I work only one day a week just so I can sit at home and study. Today I studied um, for off the Pro Rodeo website. I studied all of their um, headlines that they have had, and I'm on page 21 because I started back in January. Okay. So just getting ready uh, in many different ways. I... I know I need to model a little bit more because remember, what doesn't push you further isn't is what's in your comfort zone. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah, and that's the newest thing yeah. to you. That's that's probably what makes you the most nervous, just because it's uh, you've done it the least. Yes, definitely. Okay, very interesting. So you've you've been studying quite a bit and practicing, and what is it about the competition that you get to know in advance? We get to know the wardrobe and the schedule. Other than that, we don't know our questions that we get on stage or on the written test. 
We don't get to know anything about the interviews. This And this is the first year where they aren't even telling us who the judges are until check-in day. Oh, so really? we don't know who those judges are. So we can't go research them and figure out who they are, where they came from, what's their background. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit different for this year for the judges. That's interesting. So in the past, you could have researched that, that person and kind of known maybe some of the things they leaned towards that might have helped you in, in some of your answers. But now that's no longer a possibility. Why did they make that change? I think they wanted the girls to focus on studying the material itself, not the judges. So, which can be a good and a bad, because I have heard that one judge um, last year had actually asked some of the girls who one of the former, like, 1996 um, world champions was. Okay. And it was her husband. Oh, boy. So those are kind of some of the trick questions, and if you're not up to date on the judges. But I think they really wanted the girls to focus on the materials, not digging deep to find out who the judges are so that... Yeah. We were well-rounded in our knowledge and not focusing on what the judges might ask. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Now, with that said, uh, you don't know what they're going to be asking you, but is there a particular question that you're you're anticipating something that you're like, I better know this one because there's a really high chance it's going to be asked? Definitely the world champions. Um, the 2018 Ringer um, NFR champions are a go-to. They That will be asked at least one time in mm-hmm. written form or verbal form. Other than that, something to do with politics or what is going on as a current event in the world. Um, I believe that that could be asked. So I'm assuming something to do with immigration and how it is handled in our country right now will be a part of some questions that are asked because it's it's a heavy topic in America yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. And now, is there a, is there a particular question or maybe just a topic area that makes you nervous? Something where you're like, ah, oh, this one, you know, it, it kind of keeps you outside of that comfort zone. I would say the history. The history of the PRCA, just because I'm not from a rodeo background and I just started in the rodeo industry a few years ago. So for me, anything to do with the history now, I know when everything was created, but when it comes to knowing some legends, that's a little bit harder for me. And I actually have to spend a little bit more time studying those people and reading more material around those people so that I can get a greater understanding because let's say for instance, there is another state queen and her dad is a former world champion. Mm -hmm. I bet she would know who Jim shoulders, Cody Ole, and tell me more about Trevor Brazil than I could because she's lived in this industry way more than I have. So um, that's why for me, I have spent more time studying than almost anything else. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Good for you. All right, Sarah, one last break. When we come back, I definitely want to find out what it's going to be like for you if you're crowned Miss Rodeo America to represent Idaho. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at DMB Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians. Turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. 
When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop by your favorite DMB supply. Anyone who spends time around horses will tell you, no two are alike. Neutrina understands that horses often have unique nutritional needs as well. That's why DMB Supply carries Neutrina's line of Safe Choice horse feeds. With controlled starch levels, each product in the Safe Choice line is tailored to a specific life stage or special need, so your horses get the precise nutrition they require when they need it most. Neutrina Safe Choice horse feeds, available at your favorite DMB Supply. Okay, Sarah, so let's jump back in again. Let me ask you now about, you know, how, I guess, how you're being from Idaho, how that impacts your outlook on this. So uh, if you find yourself being crowned Miss Rodeo America, what will it mean to you to represent all of Idaho uh, as Miss Rodeo America? And then, of course, all the United States as Miss Rodeo America. The Miss Rodeo Idaho organization has been tremendous in helping me prepare not only during this year, but before the way that the pageant is set up is really, it's a mini Miss Rodeo America pageant. Everything is almost the same. The, there's only a few little differences, but nothing large enough to really have an impact on my competition. So I would have to say just taking home that crown. I believe it has been 21 years since that crown has been brought to Idaho. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, kind of it would be a big deal for me to like I said come from the state of Idaho and finally bring that crown home again it would be a great honor I kind of get the chills and I get beyond excited just thinking of those moments where that could happen and that's what I've been trying to think of mentally because there is a physical aspect about competing, but there's also a large part of this is mental. And so I've been really focusing on my mental game and it's, it would be an extreme honor to be able to take that crown back to Idaho. But I'm also extremely proud of my state and the support that I have received just representing it as I've traveled throughout the country. It's, been overwhelming. I have loved every minute of my year, and I can't believe it's coming to an end. <laughs> it goes by fast, doesn't it? Beyond fast. I was just talking to Nicole, uh, Miss Rodeo Idaho 2020, and I said, literally, taken every single second, whether it's a good, bad, or indifferent, taken every single second, mm-hmm. and and sleep as little as you can, drink that extra coffee. Because before you know it, you're competing for America. So, Well, along those same lines, what would you want to accomplish as Miss Rodeo America? I would just want to be able to share the knowledge that I've gained throughout this experience. I know I'm very fortunate to have this support system all over the state, but also very close to me who helps me prepare daily. And those are the things that I want to help give back. Coming into rodeo cleaning at such a late age, it it was hard. It was hard to find coaches. It was hard to find people who were willing to take that step back and say, okay, let me, I'll help you. Let's do this. But you have to go 110 miles an hour. But yeah, it was hard to find those things. So I want to be able to give back as much as I can. And I know throughout my year, whenever I've had an opportunity to give back to the to a local queen, um, whether it's by advice or sharing tips and tricks or letting, I think I've actually let some girl, a a girl borrow my shaps that were my personal ones because 
I figure it doesn't matter what level you have or the title that is on your crown or your sash. Mm -hmm. We're still the same people. We're still in this same organization for the same reasons. And why not support each other? Why not help each other? Because we're all going to have a bad day. Let's be (laughs) real. Even me, I've had a bad day. And I know that I've had the other state queens and even local queens help help get me back together. Here's a bobby pin. Here's some fabric tape or whatever I needed. So um, just kind of be that lending hand that I am not just Miss Radio America. I'm still Sarah Weeks. I'm still from Meridian, Idaho. I still love who I am around and everything like that. So I think that would be the biggest thing. All right. Well, yeah. whatever direction this takes uh, here in Las Vegas, what would you like your legacy to be when this is all said and done? When, when people look at you as a, a former rodeo queen, what, do you, what would you not want that legacy to be? That I was never afraid of a new challenge and always took everything and handled it with a smile and a happy-go-lucky attitude. That's a great one. And that, that fits exactly with your story, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, I really do try. Um, I try to make light of every of every situation, good, bad, or indifferent, just because life is too short to have bad days and to sit there and dwell on it. So let's, you know, move past those moments, figure mm-hmm. out how we can improve and move on with a smile because it's it's way too short of a lifetime. Absolutely. So when this is all over, when rodeo queening is done, what is next for you? What's life look like after rodeo queening? I will go and receive my master's degree in information technology. Contrary to what people might see and hear when I'm so outgoing and I'm not a shy person, I really love technology. I okay. love the way it works. Um, I think I've used that as a strong suit to be able to fine-tune and kind of tweak the ways I've been studying and getting ready. So I'll go get a master's degree and then, um, because my bachelor's degree is in information technology in Mm -hmm. the healthcare industry. Okay. So go and be able to give back to rural communities. Since Since I was crowned, I have had a newfound sympathy for rural communities that don't have access to healthcare. And I've, I've, I've seen mm-hmm. firsthand how that can really affect someone's life. So hopefully with my knowledge that I've had during this year and going boarding it in my master's, I can help create technology and better resources for those rural areas and uh, just continue in that way. So hopefully the scholarship money that they provide at the Missouri America pageant, it, and it's phenomenal, but Hopefully, I'm able to grab a fair share of it and help with that um, master's degree. Well, that's great. Well, I'm proud of you, proud of uh, the state of Idaho to be represented there, and wish you the best of luck. Great luck to you in Las Vegas, and, and have a blast. I know you'll be working hard, but have a blast while you're there. Thank you very much. And that is what my number one goal has been. I'm not going there for a competition. This is not a competition. Um, this is an experience. And if I think that way, then I know that I will be happier throughout the entire thing. I'll take my memories and I'll be more relaxed. So I'm not competing. (laughs) I'm going for an experience. (laughs) Well, that is great. Well, best of luck to you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. 
Yes, thank you very much for having me. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>